And that, that's like why when you're in a car and you're almost in an accident, you brace yourself. It's an automatic reaction. And we're having these automatic reactions all day. Now, if you're you know, in a, in a high performance organization, the pressure's on, you're already tense as it is. Mm-hmm. And you're going through these tension states constantly. You have to be able to relieve the body of this tension so that the mind can relax. Because if the body's not relaxed, the mind can't relax either. How can you create a transformation in others if there's no transformation in in yourself? Join your host, Greg Favaza, as your voice on the hard truths of leadership. Your transformation station, connecting clarity to the cutting edge of leadership. As millennials, we can establish change, not only ourselves, but through organizational change, bringing transparency that goes beyond the organization and reflects back into ourselves extracting extracting actionable advice and alternative perspectives that will take you outside of yourself Tevia Rothman, welcome to your transformation station. Thank you. Well, good to be here. Awesome. So you've reached out. You have a very interesting background. You've Uh been studying mixed martial arts for quite some time now. I'm a big fan of the the martial arts community. I did Krav Maga for about four and a half, almost five years. And uh, I did military combatives for a couple years. So please... uh, Share with me your expertise and your understanding of your studies. Okay. Well, yeah, um, I'm also a big fan of Krav Maga. I've been training Krav Maga uh, for many, many years, and I I absolutely love it. I think it's got to be one of the most effective systems in the world in terms of real life uh, defense. And um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing uh, martial arts, Qigong meditation since I was seven years old. And that's, I was born with chronic illness and my father didn't want me to be in hospitals and with doctors and on medication my whole life. So he got me into uh, Qigong martial arts and meditation. And so every day after school, that's what I did. And I was very fortunate to grow up around some really uh, potent masters yes. that I was able to train with. And I was uh, effectively could heal myself. Fast forward uh, later, I was, you know, in a teenager, I was in a brutal car accident and doctors told me I had to have surgery on my spine and on my knee. And I was scared, you know, I was scared yeah. to go under the knife. I didn't want to have surgery. And I went to my master. He said, don't do that yet. Try this. Qigong, this simple exercise. It was an undulation of my spine and it was, it really softened my spine. Now I was in severe back pain, debilita- debilitating back pain for like four years but this Qigong day by day, it relieved my back pain and eventually it completely healed it. I never had surgery. And now my back is better than most guys half my age. So I'm like, so I'm a, a real believer in it because I've seen what it could do for me. So uh, I really, really, you know, for me, it was the greatest gift 
that I could have had, you know, to be able to have this practice. I, I really, I like that uh, with taking a, a holistic approach in uh, health and medicine versus like just avoiding going to the doctor and seeing what you could do to remedy it yourself, just using these simple exercises, um, mm-hmm. dr- drinking water, stretching, doing all this. It definitely pays, plays a benefit, but can you go a little bit more into um, with your, with your practices? Yeah. Uh, so basically like now I specialize in what's called medical Qigong. Okay. So, uh, you know, I've done in terms of the, the practices, the martial arts I've done, you know, I've done, I've done uh, Shaolin uh, Kung Fu. I've done Bagua Zhang. I've done Xing Yi Chuan. I've done, I've done, um, I've uh, Wing Chun. I've done Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I've done karate, you know, <laughs> Kenpo karate. I've done uh, Muay Thai in Thailand. Yes. I've done. Um, I've done mixed martial arts, uh, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yes. I, I trained with a couple of Navy SEALs, different Navy SEALs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've done uh, a variety of different weapons. Uh, Krav Maga, as I mentioned, I did that for many years. Um, I, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty <laughs> much my, my background. I, I love it. Uh, I've done some other, uh, rather unknown martial arts as well. Uh, one called Xuan Wu Chuan, which is a compilation of Tai Chi, Bagua and Xingyi together. Um, okay. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that pretty much covers the gamut. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I really, uh, what I do now, really what I, my specialty is this medical Qigong. I, I work with world champion combat athletes. So I got the North American Muay Thai champion as a student of mine, Sylvester Organka. He's also a senior white tiger Qigong instructor. I've got the world female champion karate fighter of 2019, uh, Dua Hussein out of Kuwait. She, she's badass, And she's also one of my students and a white tiger Qigong instructor. And she used the white tiger Qigong right before her final fight for the competition to concentrate her mind, to, to, to hone her, her emotions and her mind into a force that, you know, what she's world champion. So you can't argue with that. And she was doing that. She was doing the Qigong, like we have the the deer, which is this, like, you know, it might look unusual to see some, you know, world champion fighter, like on the, on the mat, like doing this like little deer frolic, but Mm -hmm. it totally changed her mindset and, and she went and won. So, and that's, that's a 2000 year old Qigong form that came from Huatua, who was a Chinese medicine physician to the emperor over 2000 years ago. That's an interesting story in itself. I don't know if you want to hear that, but (laughs) that guy, Huatua, this guy, he, if you get, you should see the movie Red Cliff. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of my favorite all time movies, and it's it's about the three kingdoms back when they were having like this this massive battle in China between these different kingdoms, mm-hmm. and uh, Hua Tuo was the greatest Chinese medicine physician at the time, and the dictator Cao Cao used this guy as his you know as his dog to treat him, and he had he had a brain tumor, and this guy was the only guy who could treat him. Now, Hua Tuo was famous throughout all of China for his abilities in moxibustion, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, and Qigong, uh, this style called five-animal Qigong, which he developed. 
and he developed for healing and longevity. And so Cao Cao was dying of this, of this brain tumor. And he, he wanted, uh, he wanted Hua Tua to treat him and Hua Tua resented being treated like a dog, like a slave. And so he said, you know, my wife is sick. I'm going to go back and take care of her, which was like a two day horse ride from the, uh, from the emperor's palace. Mm-hmm. And, and Cao Cao flipped and he was like, sent him a, an emissary and, you know, with a note saying, if you don't come back, we're going to behead you. And, and Hua Tua said, screw you. I'm not going, you know, basically. Yeah. And, and Cao Cao had him delivered and uh, Hua Tua had like a little, you know, there's a, there's a few different variations of the story, but this one variation, uh, Hua Tua had a little note, you know, he had the antidote for Cao Cao's brain tumor. And he kept that little little kind of jokes on you in his pocket. This note that after they beheaded Hua Tua, they found that note, and Cao Cao realized he just killed them, the only person who had the antidote for his brain tumor. But oh. Hua Tua is is revered now, and this five animal qigong is is used. And uh, I learned this form. This is uh, from a temple, and uh, I, I learned uh, pre cultural revolution qigong, which is really important. That's really important that people understand the differences between pre-cultural revolution Qigong and post-cultural revolution Qigong. Mm -hmm. When I say pre-cultural revolution, I'm talking post-communism, post-communism and pre-communism. So before the communists, before the communists came in and did the cultural revolution. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, hold on. You're you're gonna start monologuing. I'm I'm gonna stop you right there. I I love it. I love it. I can go Um, off. Yeah. With uh, the the note, okay, the note that he found in his pocket now. Is is that irony? Is like tell me like yeah. okay. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like jokes on you, Mofo, you know. <laughs> so all right, so the reason why we have you on is you have a lot of understanding in different studies and different cultures and understanding what it means to be a mentor because you've learned from many mentors. I know that's not just one, many. And we're focused on this podcast on helping leaders today, redefining a new standard of leadership in all organizations and what that means. So I'm going to go in through a series of questions as far as with leaders who are in charge of a team, what is some good advice that they can, that they can be as a mentor towards their own people? That's a great question, you know, and uh, I've, I've worked with actually, you know, you're talking about leaders of organizations. Yes. Uh, I've had, I've had students from all walks of life. I've had from, you know, dirt poor with nothing left, not a, you know, a, you know, a nickel to rub together with another, but, and I've had students who, you know, I've got one student, he sold his business from, you know, several billion dollars and was the super high powered CEO, absolute genius. I had another guy. He's a hedge fund owner and, um, and, you know, working with different people, especially with guys who, who run big organizations. So, so for example, the uh, hedge fund owner, he runs like a more than a four and a half billion dollar hedge fund. And he told me he uses white tiger Qigong to get into this flow state and to like calm his emotions and come from a neutral perspective before making these $200 million decisions, which, you know, he has to make instantaneously. So he has to be, you know, really at his peak. And so this, what you need to do is you need to be able to calm the monkey mind and calm the, 
the firing of, you know, the, all the different neurochemicals that are firing in your brain mm. and come to a state of equanimity, of tranquility, that you can make a decision with absolute clarity. Okay. And that is what I think is really important uh, for a leader okay. to do. So when I, we've, we've had uh, different experts come on, uh, ones that focused on intermittent silence to understanding mm. uh, what it means to learn how to just take a moment and pause. Now, with Qigong, tell me a little bit about these steps that leadership can utilize to their benefit. Okay. So one of the first things people need to understand is that tension and emotions are held in the body. Yes. And there's a direct connection between the mind and the body. So in the Taoist Qigong practice, we say the spirit is intrinsically connected to the physical body. There's no separation. And now we know from neuroscience that that's absolutely true. That is a law that there's no disconnection between what's happening in our brain and what's happening in our body. Because when, for example, when you go through an emotion of worry or anxiety, that sends a neurochemical signal throughout the body and into the nervous system. And, and it, you, it creates some type of tension. Agreed. Definitely. Now, if you have that tension now, then that goes back to the brain as well. You're sent, so it's like a signal going back and forth in a loop. Okay. And now you need to break that cycle and you need to, so you need a physical action and a mental action. You need both. So people, I think, are often the reason they can't go deeper in this stuff is because they just going for the mental aspect. There's an actual physical component to it. And so what this does, the Qigong does is it loosens and softens the body and it releases those chemicals that have been put into the body. And so the fascial matrix is able to relax and the body can relax. Now my breath can relax. My heart rate can relax. And now I can reprogram the mind with the program I want. Because if we look at it, the, the, these tension points, that's just points of energy that's, that's being like, just like held because we're in a situation where we can't expend it. So it's like, oh, fuck. And you just kind of like just hold it right in there. And now you have like this big ass hump coming up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That is so you know, your brain, how it's connected throughout the whole body through the nervous system is sending these signals. And that, that's like why when you're in a car and you're almost in an accident, you brace yourself. It's an automatic reaction. And we're having these automatic reactions all day. Now, if you're, you know, in a, in a high performance organization, the pressure's on, you're already tense as it is. Mm -hmm. And you're going through these tension states constantly. You have to be able to relieve the body of this tension so that the mind can relax. Because if the body's not relaxed, the mind can't relax either. Definitely. To the to the deepest point. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, with this practice and leadership utilizing this practice, what is the the benefits that goes outside themselves, but onto the team, the workforce that perceives their, these leaders? Hmm. Yeah. So when you have a leader that's clear, calm, cool, and collected, and making decisions without emotions. The whole team can feel that, and that brings a sense of stability. And that 
person, that leader becomes the center of the organization. And that reverberates throughout the organization. And people feel that. I mean, we're sensitive to other people's energy. So if someone's putting off, you know, if you're around a guy who's like nervous, you can feel it. Even if he's trying to hide it or she's trying to hide it, you can feel that nervous energy. You ever been around one of those guys? They're like, they're almost shaking when they talk sometimes. They're just so, they got, it's just too intense. And people feel that. You know, that was me as a kid. So I definitely had to outgrow that, but <laughs> I definitely, that's a lot of children are like that. Yeah. So now I mean, this, this is great information. I, I wanted to just highlight a, a very universal application that can be applied and is very malleable and not just organizational leadership, but in, in culture, but it's applied to anything. I mean, it, this is like a new form of meditation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yes. Tell me more. Tell me more. Well, I mean, when you say it's a new form of meditation, absolutely. But it's actually 5,000 years old, but it's just now <laughs> coming to the mainstream. It's just now. Be- and it, and I think the catalyst was COVID and people recognizing that they need health and wellness in their life. And that is important to take care of the, your body and mind is so important. I mean, we're taking care of our fitness. We're taking care of our money, but how many people are taking care of the mind for happiness and peace? Mm. I mean, that's just as important to exercise as it is for your fitness and your, and your pocket, your wallet. So people are recognizing that now. So now it's starting to come to the forefront and what I've done is I've fused neuroscience and sports science with, with an ancient practice called Qigong. So I worked with neuroscientists and sports science experts to create a really comprehensive curriculum that can really relate this ancient practice and create something tangible that you can grasp and get effective results immediately. Beautiful. So can you apply this? Um, is this a remote uh, application that people can do, or is this something they have to be in person to experience? Well, it's interesting you say that because prior to COVID and these travel restrictions, I was teaching around the world um, in multiple countries uh, all year long. Mm-hmm. And when COVID hit, I realized, okay, we better shift to the online model or we're going to get left in the dust. And so what I did is I, I recognize what I'm not good at. And that's really helped. That's, I can say, has helped me so much and surround myself with people who are really good at what I'm bad at. So what I did is I found a woman uh, who specializes in online education from Harvard University. She got her master's degree in, in uh, education and then specializes in online tech education. So I worked with her to create a university style curriculum online that's accessible because the, you know, the, the battle that I had and that I wrestled with my, in my own mind is how do I maintain the integrity of this powerful, deep, profound practice, but also get it in it to a way that we can get it online that people can work with, you know, around the world and that it's accessible to the absolute beginner who never heard of Qigong. You know, I get a lot of people say, what's this Qui-Gong, this Qi-Gong stuff you got? You know, I'm just like, because most people never heard of it before. <laughs> so I have to be able to explain to them. 
what it is. And, and she really helped me uh, disseminate this information in a really uh, tangible format that anyone can grasp at any level. And that's online, you know, which is the beauty of it. I, I like this. Like, okay, this is great right here. So what was like the most difficult part other than trying to relate something so powerful, but being able to distribute this, this practice without tainting it, mm. getting across different continents, but still having the exact same effect. Because I mean, we have to look at different culture, different time zones, different uh, practices. What's the norm? What's not the norm? Getting that across. What was difficult other than losing its efficiency? Well, luckily, I've already, you know, I've been in 39 countries around the world. And so I've had exposure to many different cultures. I've had in one course in person, I've had up to people from up to 27 different countries in one course. And, you know, what I learned is speak the common language that everybody in the world speaks. And, and, and we all have these basic human needs that come across all cultures. That's, you know, you go to Maslow's hierarchy of, of needs and, and, and we all have that. We all need that, that, that stability that, you know, we need that foundation to feel okay and stable in our lives. And that has become, you know, a critical focal point for most of the world now with what's happened with the pandemic, uh, people losing their jobs, uh, companies falling apart, going bankrupt. Uh, and, and, and then the tidal wave of people's emotional instability because of their uh, monetary instability because of their financial instability. So it's all bleeding across all edges of the world. And mm -hmm. so what this, what I, what I learned is to be able to break this down into small digestible bite-sized chunks yeah. that, that people can really, so this, this practice could take you years and years to master if you look at it from a broad perspective. But what we did is we isolated and broke it down into small digestible pieces that people could learn one bit at a time and really become proficient in that. And you, you'll feel a sense of accomplishment because of that. And that's what we did. And it, and it works. So, I mean, what I teach online is a fraction of what I would teach in person, but we have to do it that way because that is how online material is digested the best. If I, if I inundate you with way too much material, you're not going to get it and you're going to get confused. And so we also have uh, uh, 75 instructors around the world in our organization. So, and that they help with uh, like live instructing online if people need that in addition to our pre-recorded material. Oh, I, I love like there's a lot of places I want to take this, but I want to touch a little bit of a business aspect here on scalability as far as reaching your target audience. Now you're going across different cultures. I think a lot of businesses can take something away from this next question as far as how were you able to connect with a target audience that is on different continents, different just all over and still go after the people that want what you have. Okay. I'll give, I'll give you a couple of examples. <clears throat> so we identified three buckets. Okay. The buckets are number one, emotional balance, mobility, like body balance and peak performance. Okay. So everybody is looking to have 
peace and happiness. Who in the world doesn't want peace and happiness? <laughs> right? Agreed. Agreed. And so uh, we created courses for the different emotions. Like, so we have Qigong for anger to calm your anger because the ang- anger is connected in Chinese medicine to the liver. And when we look at it from uh, a neuroscience perspective as well, when we integrate neuroscience with it, we can understand what happens when we're angry and what happens then when we look at sports science from a physical perspective. So we tie in the body and the emotions. So we have a different Qigong for all the different emotions, which is role comes in Chinese medicine. So I have all my courses have Chinese medicine integrated and in how that functions. Then we, the, the other bucket, physical balance, body balance. So everybody who, who in the world, 80% to 90% of the world will have back pain at some time in their life. So I created a course, Qigong for back pain, and I worked with sports science experts to help develop that course in how this ancient practice can work with that. And then uh, peak performance, because people across all cultures want to operate, well, they want to find their peak potential. What are you capable of in this world? So I've worked with people from all religions, all different races, all different nationalities, and they all want these three things. You know, they all want these three things. And so this speaks to them and healing who doesn't want to heal the traumas of the past, the, the stuff that might be holding you back from attaining your peak performance, because those traumas and those emotions that you've been through in your life, those stay in the body and fascist science has proven that just the way wood stores the traumas of its life in the rings of the wood. When you cut a tree, you can see it. We store that in our fascia as kinks in the body. And so to recognize that, feel that, and remove that and release that from your life, you can change your whole self-perception. And then you can start to see through the things that have blocked you from achieving your peak performance and your optimal being. Yes. that. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, well put there with the, the wood analogy. I, I love that. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I, I want to, I want to hold that, uh, the trauma. Cause we could, I could definitely go real deep into that, but with, uh-huh. uh, as far as establishing uh collaboration, building camaraderie in a team. Now you as an instructor, you teaching and getting different uh, exercises to occur for people that come from different backgrounds, but in a moment of time, you can get them to come together to accomplish the mission, the objective. What could you illustrate and what could you teach our junior leaders, our our followers that are trying to become leaders? Any tidbits and advice on what they could do to apply to their team that they're in charge of? Yeah. So, well, just, so we have almost 60,000 members in White Tiger Qigong. We got over 75 instructors around the world. And one of the things that I found is important in motivating not only myself, but everybody within our team is a true mission that you are passionate about, that you really believe in, that you can really stand behind. You know, I hear these missions, you know, we want to reach a million people. But why do you want to reach want to reach a million people? What is your purpose? If it's just to put money in the bank, that is not going to satisfy your your need for contribution. You need to have to satisfy that need in your life for contribution. If you're just satisfying your wallet, you're going to get to a point where it's not satisfying anymore. And I know 
you know, people with all the money in the world, they don't have to work ever again, but they're still working their ass off because they want to contribute and they want to satisfy that need. And so finding what is your mission in life? If you were going to die tomorrow, what would you like to do? You know, life is uncertain. We don't know what's in store for tomorrow. You know, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. You know, we only have today. So if you were to die tomorrow, what would you want to be remembered for? What is your legacy? And what did you try to do? So first I thought, you know, I dug deep, you know, I want to do something in my life that makes a positive impact on humanity and the earth. Okay. So the earth, you know, the environment, the animals, so number one, I started supporting uh, a, the Borneo Nature Foundation, which is, which is supporting the wildlife in the jungles that is being destroyed by you know, deforestation, okay. which I really, I have a passion for that. And it breaks my heart to see what happens to these wild animals as their life is destroyed. So that really moves me emotionally. And so I want to contribute to that, to help protect that. And so- if I'm going to live good, I want the animals and, the, and, the, and I want nature to be good. So I want nature and my environment to thrive. Next is humanity. And we all are living together. And I see we're living in these times. We're living in, in, the, in Chinese medicine. We're living in the metal time, which is the time of destruction. So it's all part of a cycle. We all think that like, you know, this is just random, but it's not. These are common cycles. After the metal comes the winter. The winter will be dark for a while, but then will come spring again. And there's a rebirth. So there's a rebirth that's going to come out of this destruction that's happening right now. So we're in this destructive cycle, that's going to be followed by a winter, and then it's going to come into a rebirth and there's going to be new life that is going to be, you know, our life is going to change dramatically from the, from our generation to the next. It's going to be a completely different world. And we're witnessing this is the most dramatic change in our history, you know, right now before our eyes. Agreed. And so I want to make a contribution to humanity that, you know, I'll never forget when I did wilderness survival training when I was young. One of the things they always said when you go into a campground or in hiking, leave it nicer than when you came. And I want to leave this earth better than when I, than when I came here. So this is what can I do within my power? What's my skill set? What am I passionate about? Well, I've seen this Qigong change lives. I've seen people who were professional dancers with Parkinson's disease can't move their body and then be able to move their body and, and start to move and start to come alive again. And, and, and their tears coming out of their eyes. I've watched people with terminal cancer, terminally ill, who are dying and, and had their last days, but brought peace into their life. You know, this moved me, this touched my heart and this connection to people and witnessing what, how people's suffering can transform into peace in their, in their last days. And that for me is what I want to be for my friends, my family, and all the people I come into contact with is to be that, that crutch and to show through my own experience, how I went through suffering, through profound suffering into, into a way into thriving in this life. And to share that, that gift is, is what I want. That's beautiful. 
that's, that's very beautiful. And as a leader, being able to illustrate that, illustrate your passions, your desires, and articulate that is how you can influence your followers is because you have a, a common mission and that's something that's bigger than them and that they want to be a part of. Let me backtrack. You said uh, cycles, that things happen in cycles. Now, for me, I'm very aware that with myself where I'm like, I have my moments where I'm, I'm on it. I'm in the gym, I'm reading, I'm doing my meditation, my, my stretching. And then there's times where I'm just like, fuck it mode. I don't want to do a damn thing and just eat carbs and just be lazy. <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. is there any like relation with the on a macro level to a micro level? Of course there is, but I don't anything that you know that I would like to know as far as Well, I I'm going to relate it back to Chinese medicine because that is where this medical qigong comes from. And this is yin and yang. You have yang, that yang time where you're in the gym, you're you know, you're going for broke, you're putting your all out effort in and then you need that opposite time, that yin time to go within, and that's bringing your balance. So when you have one extreme, you have the other extreme to balance it. So this is life balancing itself, and that's your body finding its equilibrium. Okay. So you're trying to find that balance of yin and yang. Okay. And if I'm going too much on the yin, then the yang's going to somehow find its way in, and it's like, well, Greg, you're, you're – you're going to be fucked because if you're not going to take a break for a week straight, I'm just going to take you down for one week. <laughs> to your yeah. Well, in Chinese, in the, in the I Ching, the book of changes is a 5,000 year old book of the algorithm of nature. And that is when you reach one extreme to the tipping point, you're going to flip into the opposite extreme. Wow. I never heard of it articulated that way. I really like that. That's so let me give you an example. Let's say the person who's working so much, they're burning out. Like, I tell you, I worked with this billionaire. He had built this company from scratch, from zero into multi-billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And he worked himself to death. Literally, he was dying of cancer. He had to quit everything. And he had to completely change his life. And, and, and he, otherwise, he was going to die. And he knew it. He was on his last days. So he completely changed everything. And he stopped working altogether, sold his business, made $2 billion, pocketed $2 billion. Then he got the best medical help he possibly could. He changed his diet completely. He changed his entire lifestyle, which was go, 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 which burned him out and drained him. It made him a lot of money, but it drained his life force. So you pay a price one way or the other. You, know, you sacrifice something to gain something. So- Anyway, he did Qigong was one of the things that he attributed his, his health and wellness to. And now he's still alive and he beat his cancer. So uh, that is an example of one, you know, flipping from one extreme to another. That's, that's really interesting. Let's segue over to trauma. Now, for, for someone who is in a leadership position, you have an employees who have experienced trauma. Now, what is something they can do or as do as mentors or as coaches to tailor their their delivery so that they can be the best and most effective coach or leader for them for someone working with trauma yes okay so for for a coach or or someone working with trauma they need to number 1 have empathy that is put yourself in that person's shoes and can you so for me, 
one reason why I like to work with people with trauma is because I've been through a lot of trauma. So I can relate and I can feel their pain. And, and, and I want, I have this genuine desire to want to help them turn that around. I want to show them how they can turn it around, how I turned it around for myself. And so by sharing my experience, I don't teach someone like you do this, you do that, or I did this, did this. I share from my experience. Okay. This is what I did. And this is what I did with this guy and this guy and this guy, and this worked and this might be able to work for you, but you have to believe in it yourself first. Number one, that's the most important thing. One thing I've recognized, you cannot motivate a person to be motivated about their life. They have to have that internal motivation. So I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not going to, I'm not here to say, yeah, let's rock and let's do it. I'm here. Once you already have that internal motivation, you want that change. Then I'm here to, to work with you and to show you the way and to give you the tools. Cause I'm not going to do it for you. I'm not a magic man. I'm not going to wave a magic wand and make you all better. You're going to have to do the work, but I'm going to show you the way I'm going to show you the way that worked for me. I like that. Now, what if they don't want your uh, your solicited feedback? Then what what could you do next in this situation? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I I never have to uh, get any. I never have to sell anybody on anything because you know I used to teach out of my backyard, making twenty bucks an hour and barely making enough to survive. You know, I've lived on rice noodles because I couldn't afford to eat anything else. You know, I've been really poor and down and broke, and I still refuse to sell anything, you know, like that. So people who want it, I share what I've got, and the people who want it, they come. And they come in droves. We've got, like, you know, I think the numbers speak for themselves. The fact that we've got almost 60,000 members, we we have over 100,000 people a month come on our website. We hit a million impressions a month on social media. You know, there's people, there's enough people who you have to have something that people genuinely want that you don't need to sell. It sells itself. That's my opinion. Interesting. Okay. Now here's a, I feel like you would have a unique perspective about this next question. What comes first? Is it the leader or the follower? And what's the process of both? That's a good question. So first, the leader has had to be a follower at some time in their life, right? So we all have a teacher. So you have to come in with that beginner's mindset. So I had, no matter where you are at in your leadership stage as well, I know all, I know, you know, leaders who are, you know, incredible leaders, they still have mentors and they're still learning so you always have to come from that beginner's mindset, no matter where you are at in life. So you are the follower and you are the leader. You have to be both. And that is the yin and yang within you as well. That is to be the ultimate leader. You have to also know how to be a follower because then you'll have empathy for your followers and you'll understand them so deeply. That's, that's, that's well put. Now, with a beginner's mindset, would you say the essence of that is curiosity? Absolutely. It's always look at a child to learn. They're so curious. You know, they're so curious. What does this mean? What does this do? Why is this? And they ask that, you know, children are famous for, you know, always saying, why, 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 
Why? It doesn't bother me. Some people get bothered. It doesn't bother me. I'm so excited to share. I'm like, oh, this is why this and this and this and this and this. And I can go on all day with a kid who says, why, why? You know, I love it. I, you know, I was just sitting down with a child today and they were like, what? They were pointing at a magazine. What's this? What's this? What's this? Literally, I barely had time to answer the first question. So having that curiosity, I mean, Look at some of the greatest thinkers of our uh, uh, of our world. You know, you had Albert Einstein. He was he always said, you know, be like in a childlike wander state. You know, be in that always curious state. Always be curious. Always want to know more. That's how I went down the rat these rabbit holes. Is I always wanted to know more. I'm like, what's this? What does this mean? And why? Always keep asking why and dig deeper. And that's where you're going to get answers. Because I'm a truth seeker. You know, we're living in a world with smoke and mirrors. You don't know what to believe these days. You don't know what's real. You read this thing and this guy says this and this other guy says this. Your friend says this. Your other friend says that. You know, nobody, you don't know what to believe. You have to, you have to dig deep and really do the investigation work yourself to understand. And so that's what I do is I just, I, I have this relentless curiosity. Relentless curiosity. That's what I'm going to say. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I like that. <laughs> Now let's transition to closing here. Uh, what is one piece of advice that you could leave our audience with that will change their lives right now and get them into a better state of mind? So we need to think, stop thinking of ourselves and we need to think of humanity as a whole as an interconnectedness. So we're all connected to each other and what you do will affect the people around you in your immediate circle. Think of life or humanity in concentric circles. So what you do affects your immediate inner circle and that affects that outer circle and it ripples like through a pond. Okay. So what you do is going to, how do you want your children to be? How do you want your children? Think of how you want them to be. What's you are responsible for your next generations. How are we going to leave this world for our next generations? We need to consider that whether you have a daughter or son or you don't have children yet, or if you don't, if you, if you want children, think of the children that are alive today and what we're doing for them. What world are we going to leave them? You know, are we going to leave them chaos and destruction? Or are we going to leave them love and, and the earth can be paradise. This earth can be paradise. I like that. Now, uh, my last question here, uh, if you could pick up the phone and call your 20 year old self, what would you tell them? Hmm. That's a great question. I would say to my 20 year old self, I was kind of cocky when I was 20 years old. I thought I knew it. I thought I had the answers. Actually, I would say, shut up. Keep your beginner's mindset. Keep your curiosity. You don't know shit. That's what I would tell my 20 year old self. You don't know shit. Okay. Wake up <laughs> and, and keep learning. That's what I would say. Relatable, very relatable. <laughs> now, is there anything else that I have not asked you that you would like to share for the audience? I mean, I got, I got a million things I could share. <laughs> yes. But keeping it focused on, on this, um, you know, this, the, what, the gift that I believe that I can offer and I can share with the world forever who's open to receive that is through White Tiger Qigong. This Qigong changed my life. I've healed myself through incredible traumas, uh, incredible physical injuries. I've worked with people, like I said, from all walks of life and seen incredible results. 
from the guy who had nothing, who was broke and homeless, to the person who had terminal illness, cancer, to the you know high performance hedge fund manager and CEO, to world champion athletes. And I've seen this Qigong work incredible results. And so I stand behind it. I think everybody should try it. My mission is to reach 10% of the world. Why 10% of the world? Because that is the scientific number for the tipping point. And that's a realistic number of people we can reach. And so I want to reach a tipping point of the world to help shift human consciousness, to connect and love themselves. When we love ourselves, we can love each other and love the earth that we're living on. If we don't first love ourselves, we won't love each other. There's no way. It's impossible. This Qigong will teach you how to connect with yourself, appreciate, have compassion for yourself, love yourself, heal yourself, and that will then reverberate throughout mankind. That's beautiful. Well put. How can our audience get in touch with you if they want to learn more? White Tiger Qigong.com. That's white. Everybody knows how to spell white tiger. Everybody knows how to spell tiger. Qigong, nobody knows how to spell that. So that's Q-I-G-O-N-G. Q-I-G-O-N-G.com. White Tiger Qigong.com. We got a million free YouTube videos, really great YouTube channel. Uh, tons of free resources. If you don't want to spend a dime, I don't care. I got so much free, free stuff for you that that you can spend like literally months and working through my free content. If you want to go deeper, we have online courses and eBooks uh, that are available for very cheap to you know more in depth courses depending on what level you want to take it. So I hope that uh, we can meet sometime in the future. Beautiful. I will link everything in the show notes so we get that distributed out. And that is it for today. I really do appreciate you coming on your transformation station. Oh, I want to leave all your viewers with a free ebook as well. Oh, awesome. All, all your listeners. Hell yeah. yeah. So we'll, I'll get you that in the, in the link so you can give everyone that gift. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I will be sure to link that in there. Awesome. Thank you so much. You've been listening to your transformation station, your voice on the hard truths of leadership. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. Remember, your transformation station is on all major platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, and YouTube at YTS The Podcast and visit the website at YTSThePodcast.com Till next time.